All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. One, two, three, four. Welcome, everybody, to the Laugh Point Table Talk Podcast. My name is Jason, and we are coming on. Coming in hot on our final week of the Bible in a Year podcast. Can you believe it, friends? Awesomeness. Week 52. We're going to wrap it up today. 52. In your face. The old and the new. Week 52. It's a lot to process. It's a lot to process. So much goodness. And, um... A little bit of a crunch here at the end for me. I got behind. I got busy. There was some sicknesses. But. We endured. So thankful. Thankful for the word. My goodness. Um, I was talking on the last one. I would suggest this to anybody. Anybody who is a, a believer I think a lot about uh, biblical literacy <laughs> knowing the Bible knowing um, where the faith comes from what the, what uh, what's our story where where are we in the story I don't know how we can know how we should act without that and um, it's incredible incredible story and uh, I do think it helps to be in the right frame of mind and having a certain appreciation for the scriptures but man I, 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 I want all believers to know their story to know uh, where our faith comes from and, and um, uh, we're not just making it up it's so rich the history and um, um, the way that it's told is very interesting. It's like modes. It's presenting modes and and compositions, uh, which then reverberate throughout history over and over. Types, shadows, archetypes. Um, it's definitely there and also it's just really happening it's just historical it's just this is what <laughs> this is literally happening there's a literal on the literal side to it too that I, I would uh, makes it real because it's real it's not just an idea Anyways, my goodness, let's get into it, man. Let's uh, let's wrap this this uh, wonderful journey up. Week fifty-two, we got Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, and we got Revelations nineteen through twenty-two. All right, so let's jump in on Haggai. Um, 
chapter 1, on the second year that Darius was king of Persia. Darius is now king. Persians have taken over Babylon. The Lord told Haggai, the prophet, to speak his message to the governor of Judah and to the high priest. So he went to the governor, Zerubbabel, and his high priest, Joshua, that the Lord had said, You say this is not the right time to build the temple, but it is the right time for you to live in an expensive house. Not time for the temple, but it is time for my expensive house. Interesting. While the temple is in ruins, you don't even have enough to eat and stay warm and have proper clothes. At my command, everything will become barren. Zerubbabel and Joshua came from return from exile from Babylon. So the exiles are starting to come back. We haven't rebuilt yet, but this is the beginning of the rebuilding. I love this. They obeyed the Lord's message. They started showing proper respect. The Lord made them eager eager to work on his temple. Chapter 2, on the next month, the Lord told Haggai, the prophet, to speak this message to Zerubbabel and Joshua. Does anyone remember how glorious this temple used to be? Now it looks like nothing, but cheer up. I, the Lord, will help you. Soon I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea. I will shake the nations and the treasures will be brought here. The brightness will fill the temple more glorious than the first. I will bless the city with peace. I love how the return from exile and the building of the temple. And we we heard about this in Daniel and the, the uh, I don't know. The, the amazing faith that Daniel and the Hebrews had there was almost like that was the beginning. That was the beginning. These guys being willing to die for their faith now, going from uh, willing to die for their idols and, and to die not listening, to willing to die for the Lord and, th- and that radical faith that affected the whole uh, kingdom where they were. And I love that the, that's, that's the catalyst is, is their radical faith and their commitment to the Lord and to living it out and not assimilating into the world. Um, They've literally been taken from home and put in this other world where they could have assimilated and they refuse because they are not like them. They are something else. They're different people. And out of that, I think, is the beginning of a of a change. And I just love that that's, it's not just might. It's not just power. It's not riches. It's not a war. It's not a huge war. Of their of the 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 Hebrews of the the Jewish people that that necessarily brings them back from exile and rebuilds. It, it it's literally just an act of God, like He said, "I'll I'll shake the nations and the treasures will be brought here." God does that, and you see how they were bankrolled by a foreign kingdom. They didn't they didn't do it. 
They couldn't. They couldn't do anything. They literally couldn't do anything, but be faithful to God. And um, that's when a, a change, a, a monumental change happened. And uh, even this time here, it is though their dedication and work here, um, as we learned in other books, uh, of what it took to rebuild. Even with that bankroll, even with the support that they had, they still had to, f- they, they fought for it, but they never could have done it without a miracle. That's all I'm trying to say. It was a miraculous intervention from God that did this for them. They couldn't, they couldn't honestly just boast in, in themselves doing this. It's incredible. Uh, the Lord said to Haggai, um, Tell Zerubbabel and Joshua, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth and wipe out kings. But tell my servants, I have chosen them to rule in my name. It's a short one. We jump over to Zechariah. It's got 14 chapters here. I am the prophet Zechariah. In the second year of Darius, king of Persia, the Lord told me to say... Israel, God was very angry with your ancestors. Don't be stubborn like them. They were warned by prophets. We are still warned by prophets, I believe. The words caught up with them. So they turned back and said, You punished us for our sins. The Lord spoke to me that same year in the valley. I saw a red horse and riders on the horses, and the angel explained, These are the ones he has sent out to see what's going on on earth. The riders said, We went out and found peace on earth. The angel said, Seventy years... You have been angry with Jerusalem and Judah. Are you ever going to have mercy? It's interesting that angel says that. The Lord said, I am protective over Jerusalem. I was angry. They made things worse in Jerusalem. The nations. He brings judgment on all the nations too because they made it even worse. I will rebuild Jerusalem and my temple will stand. Chapter 2, I saw someone holding a measuring line. It's a proper... Uh, uh, motif that comes up quite a bit the measuring I asked where are you going to measure Jerusalem the angel spoke and came near Jerusalem will be too full to have walls the Lord will protect it with a wall of fire the Lord says run and escape the land from the north leave Babylon and hurry back to Zion we hear this in Revelations echoed later The Lord ordered me to say to the nations that have raided Zion, Zion is precious to the Lord. Whatever you do to Zion, you do to the Lord. This is really funky because over and over God says he uses those nations to enact judgment on Israel. And um, I think they just exploited that fact. Um, The Lord will come and live with you in Jerusalem. Jerusalem will again be his chosen city. Everyone be silent. The Lord is present and moving in his holy place. Chapter 3, I was given another vision. The high priest Joshua was standing there in front of the angel. There was, and there was Satan. This is, a, this is an interesting one. By Joshua, ready to accuse him. But the Lord said, Satan, you are wrong. Jerusalem is my chosen city. This man was rescued like a stick from a flame. That's that's the truth. <laughs> that's our boast. That's what all we can boast in, really. We've been saved like a stick in a flame. Uh, we didn't do it. 
The Lord did. Joshua's clothes were filthy. The angel told him to remove his clothes. This means you are forgiven. Put on a clean turban on his head. They dressed him in his priestly clothes. The angel told Joshua, if you truly obey, I will put you in charge of the temple, and you will be able to speak to the angel at any time. That's interesting. I will forgive this guilty country. Each will live in peace. I love this. Entertaining your friends in your own vineyard. Yes, Lord. I'll take that. Each will live in peace, entertaining your friends in your own vineyard. That's a vision of heaven to me. Chapter 4. The angel woke me. He asked, what do you see? A gold lampstand and an olive tree. We saw this imagery in Revelations. What does it mean? I am the Lord. So don't depend on your own strength, but on my spirit. Zerubbabel, you will bring out the temple most important stone. Shout, God has been kind. The Lord spoke to me again. Zerubbabel laid the foundation of the temple, and he will complete it. Those who made fun will celebrate. I asked about the olive tree. The angel said, these are the branches of the chosen leaders. Chapter 5. When I looked again, I saw a flying scroll. The angel said, what do you see? The scroll puts a curse on everyone who steals and lies. The Lord says, I am sending this scroll unto everyone who is a robber and a liar. The angel explained, I saw a basket. In the basket was a woman who represents evil. She was taken with wings into the sky. They took the basket. The angel said they are taking the basket to Babylon. Chapter 6. I looked up and saw four chariots pulled by horses. The angel explained these are the four winds going out patrolling the earth. The Lord said, Collect enough gold and silver to make a crown. Put the crown on the head of Joshua the high priest. Someone will reach out from here like a branch. The priest will stand beside his throne. People will come from distant lands to build this temple. Chapter 7. On the fourth year of Darius was king. The Lord spoke to me. The priests had asked if they should mourn and fast. The Lord told me to say, For seventy years you have gone without eating, but did you do it for me? I speak the same thing I did when Jerusalem was prosperous. This is really interesting because it's... um. It's, it's the same today. It's the same message. See that justice is done and be merciful, merciful to one another. Don't mistreat orphans or widows or foreigners or the poor and stop making plans to hurt each other. Love one another. It's the same message today, still, always has been. Everyone who heard that back then refused. They turned their back on my spirit. That's why I got angry and scattered them. Chapter 8, the Lord said to me, I love Zion so much that her en enemies make me angry. Jerusalem will know I am merciful. Old people will once again sit around Jerusalem. I love that. Only a few people are left, but I will save them and bless them. Your ancestors made me angry and I punished them. Don't ever plan evil against each other. You must be truthful. Love truth and live in peace. When you go without food to worship me, it should be a celebration. Other nations will say we heard God is on your side and join your celebration. Chapter 9, this is a message from the Lord. His eyes are 
on everyone, especially Israel. Judgment will fall against Damascus, Tyre, and Sidon, and Hadrash. The Lord will punish them. Now, I love this. This is a trip. Philistines will become part of our people from the tribe of Judah. God will accept the people of Akron as Jebusites. <laughs> Philistine, Phil, Phil, Philistines will become part of our people from the tribe of Judah. He assimilates them into it. He takes them over. It's almost as a punishment. Everyone in Jerusalem will celebrate. Your king has won the victory. He is coming to you. He is humble. He rides a donkey. Weapons will be broken. His kingdom will reach across the earth. When I made an agreement, a sacred agreement, we sealed it with blood. Like a cloud, I will appear over his people. God will sound the trumpet. Heard those trumpets. He will protect and save his people. Chapter 10. The Lord sends the clouds. When cops need rain, you should pray to me. You can't believe in idols or fortune tellers. You've tried these things. From this flock will come leaders who will be strong. They will fight and the Lord will be on their side. I will strengthen Judah and Israel. I will answer their prayers and bring them home. I have given the signal and they will come together. I scattered them, but they won't forget me. The people will go through an ocean of troubles. I love the imagery here. But I will overcome the waves. I will strengthen my people. Eleven. Lebanon, open your gates and let the fire in. Cry for your cedars have fallen. The forest of the Jordan Valley is no more. The Lord said to me, tend to your sheep. They're doomed for slaughter. Tend to those sheep. Once more, I'm going to let worthless nobodies rule the land. Worthless shepherds. Chapter 12, a message for Jerusalem. The Lord made the heavens, put the earth in its foundations. When Jerusalem is attacked, I will make it a heavy stone. Judah and Jerusalem will be attacked. I will be the source of their strength. I will let the clans of Judah be like a ball of fire in a haystack. Once again, Jerusalem will be filled with people. I will pr protect Jerusalem. I will make the descendants of David feel deep sorrow and pray when they see the one they pierced with a spear. It's interesting. It's, it seems out of nowhere there. They will weep for him. They will weep on that day all over Jerusalem. Chapter 13. In the future there will be a fountain where David's descendants and people of Jerusalem can wash away their sins. When that time comes, the Lord says, I will get rid of all the idols. They will be forgotten forever. If any false prophets appear, again, parents must warn their children. If they won't, then the parents must kill them with the sword, meaning the false prophets. The parents must kill the false prophets. The Lord said, my sword, wake up. Strike down the shepherds, scatter the sheep. On the th Only a third will be left alive. I will purify them. They will pray in my name and I will answer them. They will say, I will say you are my people and they will say you are my God. 14. The Lord will have his day. When it comes, everything that was taken will be returned. That's part of the redemption, friends. Everything that was taken will be returned. But first, many nations will attack Jerusalem. 
The Lord will attack those nations. The mountains will split in half. He will take his stand on the Mount of Olives, and the mountain will split in half. It will make the valley for people to escape through. The Lord will appear with his holy angels. It will be a bright day. The Lord has decided when this will happen. The time of unending day. Life-giving streams will flow from Jerusalem. There will be one Lord who rules and worships the earth. All of this shows up in, or a lot of it, in Revelations. Those who attack Jerusalem will be killed. Those who survive will come to worship the King Lord. At that time, the words dedicated to the Lord will be on the bells worn by the horses. Every ordinary cooking pot will be sacred. There will be no need for special pots. Everything will be sacred. A lot of this plays in, in Revelation. Uh, deeply affects the way John writes it, obviously. All right, here we are. Malachi. Malachi. Last book of the Old Testament. I am Malachi, and this is the message the Lord gave me for Israel. We end on a warning, guys. I, the Lord, have loved you, Israel. You ask how I have loved you? Don't forget I chose Jacob over Esau. Esau's country is barren. I have something to say to the priests. Children respect their fathers. I'm your father. Why won't you respect me? It's like we saw this in Ezra, Nehemiah. Even when they got back, it was like a... Um, it's challenging. It's like they go right back into their the same old ways. Um, even in the restoration, after all that they go through, they come back. It's like my daughter, when I read reading her the Bible, and Israel messes up again, goes back with idols. She's like, again? They're doing it again? Over and over and over. It's just the, hu I, I feel like it's the human natural current. It's our nature. goes that way. It's terrible. So even after the restoration of Jerusalem, the um, ends on a warning. Don't fall back into that. And he's talking about not respecting him, not bringing proper sacrifice. I wish someone would lock the doors of the temple so you would stop wasting time in there. I refuse to accept your offerings. You priests insult me. Chapter 2, the, I, the Lord, have something to say to the priests. You better take seriously the need to honor my name. I will turn blessing into cursing. I will punish your descendants. I am telling you this so I can keep my agreement with your ancestor, Levi. I blessed him with full life. He kept his part of the agreement and, I on, and honored my name. He taught the truth and led people to turn from sin. You priests should be eager to spread knowledge and instruction because you speak for me, but you turn your backs on me. Your teaching leads to sin. Don't you know God is your Father? He created each of us. Why do you cheat one another? You people of Judah and Jerusalem have been unfaithful. I pray God doesn't let the guilty belong to his people anymore. You flood the altar with tears because he isn't pleasing Pleased with your offerings. Now, chrono chronologically, 
I'm not totally sure where this fits. This could be pre... And in a way, it doesn't matter. It could be pre-exile or it could be after. Many of the same motifs come up. He's not pleased because you have not been faithful to your wives. That's interesting. He broke the promise. Don't ever be unfaithful to your wife. The Lord hates anyone who would divorce his wife. You have worn the Lord out with words, saying the Lord is pleased with evil and doesn't care about justice. Chapter 3. I, the Lord, will send my messenger to prepare a way for me. He is on his way. It's leading right into John. Brother John the Baptist. On the day the Lord comes, he will be like a furnace that purifies silver. He will purify Levi's descendants. I am on my way to judge you. I will condemn witchcraft and, and the mistreatment of orphans and widows. Over and over. Quit messing with idols and witchcraft and sexual immorality and mistreating poor people and orphans and widows and those uh, and oppressing them. I never changed. That's why you haven't been wiped out. You're robbing me. That's why you're under a curse. Bring the tithe into the storehouse so there will be food in my house. Then I will open the windows of heaven and you will be blessed. They were skimping on their respect for the Lord. Everything else uh, came first. It's incredible the, the way society has set up civilization. It's like totally not built on God. You you have to fight to 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 get its place up there. So many other things fighting for our time. I will stop the locusts and every nation will talk how I bless you. Why? Because they're putting him first. You say it's foolish to serve the Lord. What do you get for obeying? Everyone who does wrong is successful. Those who truly respect the Lord discuss these things. God wrote their names in his book. Then the Lord said, you people are precious to me. I come to bring justice. Everyone will see the difference between those who obey and those who reject me. The day of judgment is sure to come. Again, man, it's like warning, warning, warning. It will be like a flame that burns the proud and sinful people like straw. You who honor my name will shine. When I bring justice, you will trample those who are evil. Don't forget my laws and teachings I gave my servant Moses on Mount Sinai. The Lord promises to send prophet Elijah before that great day comes. He will lead his children and parents to love each other so that when I come, I won't bring destruction on the land. That is the end. He will lead his children and parents to love each other more, so that when I come, I won't bring destruction on their land. That's how that ends. Isn't that awesome? That fits perfectly into what's coming, and even though it was a total curveball. Jesus. Love each other more. That's the warning. Love each other more. Respect and honor the Lord. Fear. <laughs> Fear the Lord. Okay, let's jump over Revelations. We got 19 through 22 here. 
So we're in the middle of a bunch of craziness. Let's see. I heard a lot of voices from heaven shouting. We're in 19. Praise the Lord. To our God belongs the power to save. His judgment is honest and fair. Again, a lot of judgment and at the same time, saving. Power to save and power to judge. The prostitute ruined the earth. God judged her to pay the price for murdering his servants. The crowd shouted, praise the Lord. Smoke will never stop rising from her burning body. After this, the 24 elders and living creatures bowed and worshiped and said, Amen. The voice from the throne said, If you worship and fear our God, give him praise no matter who you are. Then I heard the large crowd, Praise the Lord, he rules as king now, so we give him praise. The wedding day of the Lamb is here, his bride is ready. She is pure and shining. Then the angel told me, Put this in writing, God will bless everyone who is invited to the wedding feast. I knelt at the feast. <laughs> The best. Sorry, I think it's hilarious. I knelt at the feet of the angel and began to worship him. But the angel said, don't do that. I'm a, I'm a servant just like you and everyone else you, who tells about Jesus. Don't worship anyone but God. Everyone who tells you about Jesus does this by the power of his spirit. It's incredible that this happens to, to John. And it happens again at the end. He keeps freaking out and falling down and worshiping this angel. I, I mean, what can I say? I would be pretty flipped out too. I looked and saw heaven open. A white horse was there and its rider was faithful and true. His eyes like flaming fire wearing lots of crowns. His name written on him, but only he knew what it meant. His robe covered in blood. He was known as the word of God. He was followed by armies of heaven. His mouth sharp as a sword went out to attack the nations. He will rule with an iron rod. He will trample them with fierce anger. On his thigh was written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Okay, this is a different Jesus showing up. This isn't sacrificial Jesus. This is a different Jesus showing up. Same Jesus, but this is a different, a different mode. Um... And it's it's scary. I saw an angel standing on the sun and shouted, The birds come to join the great feast. You can eat the kings and important people, and the free and the slaves. I saw the beasts and all the kings of the earth come together. They fought against the rider of the white horse. But the beast was captured and the false prophet, the prophet who worked miracles for the beast, so he could fool everyone into worshiping the beast. The beast and the false prophet were thrown alive into the lake of burning sulfur. The rest of their army was killed by the sword that came from the mouth of the rider. Then the birds stuffed themselves on their bodies. That's a different Jesus there. He just killed everybody. Chapter 20. I saw an angel come down from heaven carrying the key to the deep pit and a big chain. He chained the dragon for a thousand. This part is so strange to me. It is that old snake who is known as Satan the devil. The angels threw the dragon into the pit for a thousand years. A thousand years would go by before the dragon could fool the nations again. I don't know why he gets another chance here. After that, it would have to be set free for a little while. I saw thrones with those given right to judge. I saw 
people who had their heads cut off because they preached Jesus and God's message. They had not worshipped the beast or the idol. They will come to life and rule with Christ for a thousand years. These people were first to be raised. Second death has no power over them. They will be priests for God and rule for a thousand years. No other dead people will raise to life for a thousand years. Very interesting. Like stopgap for a thousand years in the middle of the story that's unfolding here. At the end of a thousand years, Satan will be set free. He will fool Gog and Magog, which are at the far ends of the earth, and they will follow them into battle. They will have as many followers as grains of sand. They'll surround the camp of God's people, but fire will come down from heaven and destroy their entire army. Then the devil who fooled them will be thrown into the lake of fire. He will be there with the beast and the false prophet. They will be in pain day and night forever and ever. It doesn't sound like annihilation. That sounds like pain day and night forever and ever. That's what that sounds like. I saw a great white throne with someone sitting on it. Earth and heaven tried to run away, but it couldn't. <laughs> the, earth is so, the earth itself gets scared and tried to run away. I saw all the dead people standing in front of the throne. Several books were opened, and the book of life was opened. The dead were judged by what the book said they had done. I love that. They're judged by what it says in there. The sea gave up the dead people who were in it, and death and its kingdom gave up their dead. Everyone was judged by what they had done. After death and its kingdom were thrown into the lake of fire, this is the second death. Different kinds of death, everybody. Anyone whose name is not written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Thrown into the lake of fire. That's pretty heavy. Chapter 21. Pretty heavy. I don't even know how to comprehend that. Pain for ever, day and night. That's what it said. 21. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and earth and sea will disappear. Then I saw a new Jerusalem, the whole city coming down from God in heaven. It was like a bride ready for her husband. I heard a voice from the throne. God's home is now with his people. He will live with them and they will be his own. I love the returning language that we heard there at the end of the Old Testament. He will wipe all the tears from their eyes. This is incredible. There will be no more death, suffering, crying, and pain. Things of the past are gone forever. Like I want to write that on my wall. Something. There will be no more death, suffering, crying, or pain. These things of the past are gone forever. He will wipe all the tears from their eyes. That's restoration. The one on the throne said, write down what I have said. Everything is finished. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give water from the life-giving fountain to everyone who is thirsty. All who win the victory will be given these blessings. I will be their God and they will be my people. I will be their God and the, they will be my people. But those who are cowards and unfaithful and dirty-minded and murderers and sexual and immoral 
or use witchcraft, they will be thrown into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. I saw one of the seven angels who had the bowl of the seven last terrible troubles. He said, Come, I will show you who will be the bride. Then with the help of the Spirit, he took me to the top of a high mountain where he showed me the holy city of Jerusalem coming down from God. God's glory made the city bright. The city had high walls and gates guarded by an angel. Each gate was written one of the twelve tribes of Israel. The city was built on twelve foundation stones and had written on them the twelve apostles of Jesus. The angel had a measuring stick. There it is again. The city was shaped like a cube and the angel measured it. It was built of jasper and pure gold and crystal. The gates were solid pearls. That's a big pearl. Solid pearl. The streets were gold, clear as crystal. I did not see a temple there. The God and the Lamb, God and the Lord God and the Lamb were its temple. The city did not need sun. The glory of the Lord was shining on it. The Lamb was its light. Kings will bring their riches and nations will walk by its light. Its gates will always be open. Nothing unworthy will be allowed in it. Only those whose names are written in the book of life. Chapter 22. The angel showed me a river, crystal clear, whose water gave life. The river comes from the throne of God and the Lamb, where the Lamb was seated. We saw these, these visions, visions of this before. It flowed down the middle of the city's main street, and on the sides were trees that give different kinds of fruit each month. The fruit gives life. The leaves, this is awesome, the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nation. I don't understand totally what's happening now outside this new Jerusalem. It's like there's still just regular world or something. It's really interesting. God's curse will no longer be on his people of the city. The people who worship God and see him face to face. God's name will be written on their foreheads. Never again will night appear. No one will need a lamp. The Lord will be the light. Then I was told... These words are true and can be trusted. The Lord controls the spirit of his prophets. He is the one who sent the angel to show you. Remember, I am coming soon. Remember, I am coming soon. God will bless everyone who pays attention to the message of this book. My name is John. I am the one who heard and saw these things. <laughs> Here it is again. <laughs> then after I heard... And saw all of this, I knelt down and began to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me. John! The angel said, don't do that. I am the servant just like you. I am the same as a follower or prophet or anyone else who obeys what is written. I, I so love that stuff like that's in the Bible. And that God uses people like John. Who's literally seeing the Lord and God and the whole deal and still mixed up <laughs> worshiping the angel. <laughs> oh, goodness. Don't keep the prophecies in this book a secret. These things will happen soon. Evil people will keep on being evil, but good people keep on doing what is right. God's people will always be holy. Maybe that's what's going on. Evil people will keep on being evil. Good people will keep on doing what's right. Then I was told, I am coming soon. When I come, I will reward everyone for what they have done. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, beginning and the end. 
God will bless those who wash their robes. They will have the right to eat the tree of life and enter the city gates. But outside the city will be dogs, witches, immoral people, murderers, idol worshipers, and everyone who loves to tell lies. So these people are still out there. I don't I don't understand that. I am Jesus, the one who sent the angel to tell you these things. I am David's great descendant. I love that. I am also the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come. Everyone who hears should say, Come. If you are thirsty, come. If you want life giving water, come and take it. It's free. The best news you'll ever hear right there. Here is my warning for everyone who hears the prophecy in this book. If you who if you hide anything to them, God will make you suffer all the trouble written in this book. If you take anything away or if you add anything to the book, sorry. God will make you suffer the trouble written in the book. If you take anything away, God will not let you have part of the life-giving tree. In the holy city, the one who has spoken these things says, I am coming soon. So, Lord Jesus, please come soon. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Lord Jesus, please come soon. That's how we end. Come soon. Come soon wrap this thing up Whew, I was reading through that and just obviously the parts of what uh, you know wiping our tears away and no more suffering no more troubles I, it's so the world so we're so in this world I don't even know how to imagine that other world that other place I want to no more pain no more suffering um, come Lord Jesus that's it my friends that is the end of revelations that's the end of our, our holy scriptures and um, I just want to thank you for this opportunity and it's a privilege and an honor to um, get to read read through the scriptures, able to. It really is. I think sometimes people, myself included, can take for granted our holy scriptures and um, what it took for them to be created first of all how it was created the blood sweat tears gold treasure the experiences my it's mind-boggling um how this came to be this book came to be it's miraculous and beautiful it's like nothing else nothing else like it it's a, like the history of the world itself but in a living form. Um, it's as rich, rich as it gets. And um, not only that, but what it took to get that 
Bible, the Bible here to me now. And we're so blessed to have access to, you know, a million translations and commentaries and to be able here in America to freely worship and study and it's a privilege and 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 um, I don't want to take it for granted I don't want to take the scriptures for granted and um, I, I want to know them in my heart I know just just it's kind of a lot and it's kind of not at the same time you know the Bible in here but it's a lot because we're busy I'm busy it's hard to make it a priority, you know, to to put the time in, and then just processing it, and, and, and it's a lot. Um, but it's not a lot in the sense of like if this is true, what the Bible says is true. It ought to be a priority to to know it and learn it and 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 just. Uh, it affects our lives, how we live, and um, I've, I've heard it, it's cliche at this point, but you start reading it and it starts reading you. It shines into you, I think sometimes, that's why we don't want to get into it. But it's a it's a blessing, man, I pray, pray anybody to pray to God to help you to get into the scriptures. It was not always something that I enjoyed, and... Um, I'm thankful that I, I was able to find my place, find my way to a place of engaging with the Bible that uh, was not just enjoyable, but it, it, it mattered. It was important and um, enriching. It's not just enjoyable. It's not just fun. It's not fun. It's not about fun. It's about life itself and understanding and, and, and knowing the story of the world, the story of who God is, who He's faithful. So much of this is just Him being who He is, and us sort of uh, getting dragged along, um, dragged into His love and mercy, <laughs> and um, you know where we where we fit now, where I fit in this story, and. Um, how to live, how to prioritize things. It's very interesting. I mean, the fear of the Lord is shot through the whole thing. Honoring God, taking Him and His things seriously. Uh, but there's a there's a peace there. There should be a peace there, a certain type of peace and blessing. And... Um, I'm warning. There's so much warning. I don't... I don't say. It's a lot of warning. Like alarm. Wake up. It's real. And it's sh sh shocking and sobering because it freaks me out how, how my natural state goes a different way. It naturally goes into this other thing like it talks about like forgetting who you are forgetting what's happening 
natural, just following the natural cravings and everything, and um, thinking. It's like you have to really fight to keep this front and center in your brain and on your heart, and and that's why I think it's just something that I want in my heart, the scriptures, and to know in my mind too, because it comes back up constantly. Comes back up as you live live out your life and and see and and experience things and um, it's I, I love the the last that last when you get into the prophets there it's just a long warning but it, I love it because each the most the mode it's in there's this warning it's there it's like the, always you know the signal's been given the the judgment's coming and he's right there trying to give them a way out the entire time it's like that and then you read through the gospels and the apostles and epistles and uh, revelation it's the same thing it's like warning, but like a major window of opportunity, an age of grace uh, to get out of the way, <laughs> get out of the way of the judgment that's coming. And um, that's his love. And really, really, I love that to say he is our God and we are his people. That's like, that. that's deep. It resonates deeply. To be a people, to have a God, to be a person who's part of that family. That's a family. In a cosmic way. A cosmic family. Beyond just nationhood and race and blood and spirit. So much, guys. I don't, I don't know. I could just keep talking forever but thank you so much again for the opportunity to read through the scripture thank you those who stuck with it and uh, also read through i pray you're blessed i know you were and um and um uh keep with it keep with it keep in the word man we'll see where we go from here but this was so awesome and thank you again be blessed everyone all right peace